0: Hello, Jerry. How are you?
1: Hey, James. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Yeah, we're coming to another podcast on our favorite topic, the punk again.
1: Well, I'm not sure it's our favorite topic, but it is very topical, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Remember, I think a few months ago, we did exactly that and tried to look at why the punk has been weak. Well, I think since we talked, it's gone even weaker. Um, Maybe you could start. Perhaps you could just recap. When we talk about things a few months ago, what was the reason why the pound was so weak?
1: Basically, there's a lot of different reasons for the uh, sterling weakness, James. And and in my view, it all goes back to the EU referendum. Cable lost one point five at that time, mm-hmm. and it hasn't regained it. It's one of those big negative signals. I mean, euro sterling was around point zero seven six,
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the euro
1: firmed up from there and hasn't really come back. So it's one of those things where it seems that currency, the currency market, as always, is basically where people look to reflect the truth. We can Mm -hmm. talk about stocks, we can talk about bonds, Mm central banks can affect those. But in terms of long term fundamentals, I think they come through the currency market, especially if it's a free float or even a dirty float currency. Now, we can always talk about currencies that are actually, quote unquote, bucking fundamentals. And I've seen so many analysts and newspaper writers who should know better Talk about the Russian ruble and how strong it is and why this shows that sanctions aren't working, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you and I both know the Russian ruble isn't a free trading currency. It's sanctioned and it's you can't really move it abroad. So mm-hmm. it could be anywhere. It doesn't True. really matter where it's on the screens because it doesn't trade.
0: It's mm-hmm. like talking
1: about you know, official Venezuelan bolivars or something. Mm-hmm. So once mm-hmm. you put in that many currency controls, the currency market effectively becomes a black market. Mm-hmm. And you're much better off talking to black market dealers people who are shifting, you know, currency off the books and stuff like that to find out where the true value is, mm-hmm. if there's true value, <laughs> so it's still, you know, sterling is a very, you know, relatively deep market um, in the FX markets, and it's one of those things where when we look at it, we say, okay, what is, you know, from a chart point of view, what can't it do? It can't go up and it does go down. So that kind of tells you what the trend is to be super simplistic. Um, my view of the fundamentals. Is that the, nobody really cares about a strong pound, and if your government doesn't care, then it's going to be very, very difficult for the sterling to find natural buyers unless it really does hit you know big levels that people say, "Look, I've got to buy some because it's so so cheap, and we may well, have done that a couple of weeks ago when we got below one zero four, yep, who knows at the moment, I hope so because our you know we, you know how we do a medium term forecast John yeah. Coverley, our chief economist, you and I talk. And we kind of come up with some rough ideas of, you know, overall dollar strength. Then we go and look at euro, sterling, yen, Swiss, and some other currencies as well. When we look at the dollar, John has a view, which I think is probably correct, that we've had a big shift in a cyclical way in favor of the dollar against most currencies. But that at some stage that's going to, you know, wear off as the U.S. enters some sort of mild or medium sort of, you know, recession risk. As interest rates reach peaks in the U.S. and other countries catch up or do better in yeah. terms of higher rates, then you could naturally see the dollar bull cycle sort of you know, swing the other way for a while, which okay. is fine. We, we, we both know currencies trade like a rubber band and they go some ways sometimes and they stretch the rubber band mm-hmm. and then the rubber band snaps back and you come to median level.
0: Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. when I
1: look at sterling, my big, big fear, and this is going back to the EU referendum, is that the rubber band is going to break. And the reason for that is that it's a fundamental shift in trading relationships with key partners and also how people look at uh, FDI flows, foreign direct investment into the UK. The example is if I was a U.S. manufacturer and I wanted to set up shop in Europe, UK would be my first stop, easy language, great rule of law, and easy transport into Europe. Yep. Some of those things are no longer there. And if I can't easy transport into Europe, then as a U.S. manufacturer wanting to hit a big market, I would naturally start to look at other things and mm-hmm. that's just one of those things that's playing through on a long-term basis and I don't think anybody really understands this who who seems to be in legislative process and that's frustrating because you know you want the UK to do well I think people in the UK are some of the best business people I've ever met in my life and they make really good things and they make do with a lot of natural resources I mean it's a very you know can do trading sort of mentality
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: fantastic
0: mm-hmm. but
1: End of the day, you do have people in power who seem to say a cheap pound is good for the UK economy.
0: Mm. Forgetting
1: about the fact that it's not great for the UK people, forgetting about the fact that it's not really that great for UK investment flow. Because Mm. when people look at a cheap pound, anytime you put money at risk in the UK to back a company, back a share, back a bond, whatever, you have to take currency risk into account. And people do take currency risk into account. So where are we now? We're at a stage where we have a brand new government. And this government is saying things that the market doesn't really want to hear in terms of economic stability. We all love tax cuts. We all love spending money that somebody else is magically making up. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But markets punish people and policies that don't have any real good economic backing. And I can talk to you about trickle-down economics. I can talk to you about Reaganomics, fat trade economics, anything you want to talk about. But the reality is when people trade it, they look at it and go this doesn't add up and boom the pound got sold off to below 104 a couple of weeks ago now yep. hopefully hopefully something happens that changes people's minds not just the bank of england buying a few gills and we see the pound snap back above let's say in terms of chart levels james yep you know 118 123 those are really the big ones we're looking at okay. right now it's getting stuck around 114 115 yep but yep, if we yep. get above 118 123 then i think we can really start talking with more confidence about 130 and 140 again and the rubber band stays intact okay okay but if we disappear below 112 114 for a long period of time that's not good if we oh. start breaking below 105 you know area support in london trading not just in asian trading where it's thinner markets but in london trading that would definitely not be good and obviously, if we break below that 103.80, you know, I think Refinitiv has that low. Then, yeah, things get really, really scary. Yeah. I'd like to pick up two of
0: the two points that you raised. Uh, but let me ask you this first. You said that actually, if the sterling climbs back up with a staller, we call the cable, up to 118, 120 is probably things are better. The rubber band is a proper rubber band uh, to to. To, to, to quote what you and john have been saying what do you think needs to happen for that to occur for that recovery well, that's to occur? a really good
1: question james on the dollar side we need to see dollar interest rates peak and we need to see sentiment turn against the dollar okay right now the dollar has been the only game in town for a lot of people for the best part of a year plus okay um so we need to see dollar sentiment turn probably across the board not just against sterling and sterling needs to find some positive factors we need to see some positive news come out of the uk where people say i want to put my money into pound and you know ride the upside now what would happen to do that one it's not going to be higher interest rates because higher interest rates by themselves don't necessarily support a currency okay right you need Mm -hmm. really good solid fundamentals so Mm -hmm. really good solid fundamentals that the market wants to see is some sort of spending that's actually funded you know the market in the broader terms does not really care about the 45p top tax. Because for the most part, people who pay that can take care of themselves, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. So, yes, tax cuts are great, but not if you're spending a bunch of money that makes people think you're not going to fund it. So if Victories can come up with some sort of funded spending plan, right? Which is not going to be popular because nobody likes paying fees, nobody likes paying tax. Uh-huh. But it's just one of those things. If you want to spend money, then do it the right way in my, in my view yeah okay um the other thing they could do is get more imaginative because so many countries in europe are basically doing what the tories are trying to do but they're not getting slammed by the markets so what are they trying to do they're trying to basically protect people from high energy costs yeah it's going to be a better way of doing it than you know unfunded yeah we'll pay whatever it takes to basically cap prices which is yep. nice in theory but you and i both know the reality is that you really probably should be looking at the input price first rather than trying to protect people at when they're paying the bills, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean.
0: So mm-hmm. if you can lower the
1: input price, which a lot of European countries are doing, then maybe that would be a better way of doing it. I'm not a politician, though, James. So in terms of markets, what we're looking for is some sort of, you know, well done from the market, which in my view would be cable getting back up the 118, 123 area and starting to see some you know, pressure back up to 130. We can also look at the Euro-Sterling cross or Sterling-Euro, depending on how you want to quote it. Because okay. remember, a lot of people are painting this as a dollar story, but two weeks ago, we had Euro-Sterling back above 92, which it hasn't been there for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So that was basically a sterling is being sold against Euro and the yep. Euro is not exactly the strongest currency in the world at the moment. So that's yeah. how bad things were getting in the UK. So keep yeah. an eye on that. If we start seeing some inroads below, let's say 80, then I think yeah we can say sterling is back on a positive track. If we start seeing pushes above ninety two on a sustained basis, then we'd be saying look this is actually getting kind of worrying again, and we should be looking about ninety eight parity and maybe higher.
0: Mm. So actually, just to say, it's actually linked to the question that I want to ask as well. One of the things that you, you were mentioning is the dollar strength, and you said that actually if dollars is start to weaken because they, the market think that the Fed is done with the hike. And then probably that will be one factor to cause sterling to climb. So the politicians are not entirely wrong to say that, well, sterling was weak purely because of, uh, because of US dollar. Uh, but it seems that like it's not everything because you also mentioned about the second point is that you need to have something that people find attractive about buying things or doing trade with UK. Do you think actually the government is actually happy to see the 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 pound being so low? You seem to indicate that they 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 really want the pound to be low.
1: See, that's my suspicion since 2016, James. And to be honest, Nigel Farage has never been part of the government, but he was quoted widely quoted as saying, "Good, the pound's falling; that'll be good for exports." And my gut feeling is that that's the sentiment expressed throughout uh, the Tory party and the government: is that a weak pound. It's good for traders. It's good for exports. Yay. What they don't seem to understand is that, you know, you can go from having a weak currency within a broad range of a currency range and, and in effect, you know, basically playing the range as, as a strong trading nation and a functioning economy. That's fine. Currencies trade back and forth. Cable was a two ten years ago, eleven years ago. Now it's a lot lower. Fine. We, we can deal with that. However, if the markets perceive that the government doesn't really care about the currency, and is actively pursuing policies that keep the currency weak, that's a completely different kettle of fish. Mm. And that's where you get the real big moves and their emerging market status that we hope Sterling does not fall into. But you and I have lived through these crises in the past and they start off with seemingly good fundamentals deteriorating a little bit, markets getting a sniff of something's not right here. And then if the government doesn't do the right things in terms of economic policies, then it starts getting worse and worse and worse and it seems like no matter what you do it just makes it you know sentiment just gets worse and worse every time i don't think we're there yet in sterling but my underlying fear for some time now has been that we are going to build towards that
0: so you do not agree with some respected economists or analysts saying that actually uh sterling is like actually not just sterling but uk is now behaving like an emerging market
1: i don't agree with them yet but I can see what they're saying and I grew Mm. up in emerging markets so I know what they're talking about and I Mm. can see the downside risks so Mm. it's one of those things where you know it's a a very mixed story because you know the weak pound is not ideal for much of UK PLC yes it might be good for exporters but there's a limit to that you know what I mean
0: Mm. so let's talk about that impact Uh, I think a lot of the our people who are listening to this podcast are probably more UK based investors or advisors looking for more long-term will rather than trying to trade the pound or currencies. Now, it seems that actually there's a fundamental reason that the pound is weak um, and also is not held by the dollar stream. What will you say to these investors if they're UK investors and advisors, what will you say to the, what they can do? I, I know I asked this before, but I will repeat it again what they can do in terms of asset allocations, opportunities, risk management.
1: Yeah, it's exactly that, James. And when you and I last spoke a few months ago, we were pointing out that once sterling falls to certain levels, we would have to consider sterling hedged investments. Now, what does this mean? That means that when we talked cable was back above 125 or something. Now we were talking about it going down to the all time lows below 114 and 112. towards maybe 105 and a hand and a bit we've seen that happen now okay so now what we need to do is say this has been a basically a really good thing for any sterling based investor who had dollar investments so Mm -hmm. u.s sp u.s bonds u.s tips u.s mortgage-backed securities or
0: european equities or yeah yeah to some extent even
1: european equities yep if you had exposure to non sterling assets, the currency move, which has been around 16% ish, sometime somewhere between 12 and 20, depending on the time of day, then this currency move this year to date has worked in your favor. And it's cushioned a lot of the blows from the decline in US stocks, the decline in US or dollar bonds, things like that. And it could be something esoteric. You could have an emerging market portfolio Mm -hmm. and you look and you go, hang on a minute this fund I bought or the ETF I bought is actually dollar-based because many of them are, uh-huh. you've done all right. And you look at it and you go, huh, oh, that's funny, I made money or I didn't lose as much as I thought I did. That has been a big factor in people's portfolios uh-huh. so far this year. Now, if we take the view that John, our chief economist, is right and cable is going to work back above 130 towards 150 over the next three to five years, then in my view, if, if that is the right way to do it, then we may actually be better off changing to a sterling portfolio and you can get these and some etfs and some funds so i can get exposure to the us s p 500 but the dollar part of it is hedged out for instance right which yeah. means i won't benefit if cable drops to let's say 75 cents but i won't get hit if let's say cable goes up to 1.5 yeah again, right? so i think a lot of people have to make up their minds between now and let's say christmas new year about where they see the currency potentially moving. Talk to their advisors, give us a shout. You know, call, call, call us on our website, tricio-advisors.com and say, look, you know, what what do you guys think about currency? And, you know, can can we get some sort of insights into what's going on in the market? Yeah. Okay.
0: How about international investors? Now, we, we do have uh, uh, some of our, uh, our clients and probably who do so listening as well. Are actually not in the UK. So, That's right. We have
1: colleagues and clients all over the world. Yeah. That's so what should thing.
0: they do? Is, actually, I want to ask you very simple. Should we buy guilds now for these people? If I'm in the US or, 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 or in Hong Kong or Singapore, should I buy guilds? So
1: you're, told, you're, you're twisting it around and say, is sterling cheap? Correct. Okay. Um, my answer is that it's cheap, but I would put a comma. It's cheap for a reason. Okay. And as long as you can put up with the reason, then... Yeah, some some sterling assets do seem like they're at good levels. Now, let, let's get off the main markets and go on to the FTSE 250. Yep. That's at a horrible year. Horrible year. And yet, in general, if sterling goes up, the FTSE 250 may do better than the FTSE 100. Because the rule of thumb with the FTSE 100 has been, until recently, that if sterling goes down, the FTSE 100 gets supported. If, FTSE, if the sterling goes up, the FTSE 100 doesn't get that much support. However, oh, the FTSE 250 might,
0: okay. That's because FTSE 100 is probably have those international companies that big names that we all know, like BP, yes. Shell, etc. So okay. All
1: dollar earners or international currency earners. That's right.
0: Understood, understood. Okay. So
1: it's one of those things where if you think you're going to be gambling, gambling, investing, with a view that sterling is going up, then have a think about maybe not just the FTSE 100, but go outside it a little bit to the FTSE 250 sort of stocks that might do well if sterling actually does better now, in terms of guilt, yes, the guilt yield is competitive. And, you know, the main problem we have here is obviously one, a lot of people still don't like to hold guilt because sterling is such a whippy currency, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That doesn't help. But if you can get over the fact that sterling is a whippy currency, I can get over the fact that guilt is not the deepest of markets at times, right? You Mm -hmm. saw a dislocation two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. and apparently the bank of England calms it all down with less than what 25 million quid uh, 25 million pounds worth of uh, buying mm-hmm. so that is not a deep market so
0: mm-hmm. if, if you can get mm-hmm. over those
1: facts then yes sterling exposure through gilts may make sense
0: okay interesting okay so if you have one thing to say to our audience today about the currency and also after talking all about this part uh, this thing what would you recommend to do
1: just one thing. Yes, I, the, the key thing is to get across to people who have long-term investments or even short-term investments is that currency matters. Mm. The currency you're in does matter. One, you look at the currency as a gauge of sentiment for the broader market, mm-hmm. and if the currency is being sold off and nobody seems to care, then you know you may want to avoid it for a while. Okay. Now, for domestic holders of that currency, having international exposure makes a lot of sense if your currency is in you know terminal decline or an extended fall however however you know this is a rubber band it hasn't broken yet it's it's being very stretched but it hasn't broken yet mm. and so just watch out for the levels that we've talked about 118 and 123 in cable on the upside 105 to one let's say on the downside yep.
0: Yep. yep and if you
1: see those giving way in a sustained basis then go with the flow and try not to be a hero because we're talking medium-term investments here so picking bottoms picking tops it's all you know it's well and good to talk about that after the event but during the actual event make sure you have an investment plan yeah talk it over with your wealth manager your investment advisor yeah and make sure you remind them currency matters
0: yeah good thank you for your time jerry so for everyone who have listened thank you for uh, listening in we have more podcasts planned in uh in in uh coming days uh, I think, please visit us. Uh, we have a LinkedIn page or uh, as well. Please follow us on LinkedIn, uh, Tricio Investment Advisors, or visit our website, uh, tricio-advisors.com. Uh, we have th- different blogs and different materials. And if you've got any questions that you want to ask following listening to this podcast, drop us a note at uh, info at dot com. That's info at three sale advises where Until the next podcast, thank you everyone for listening.